you win it. Team involved, t- towns that I cannot trust them and never will trust them. And you had Rudy Gobert in there, who is a zero factor in playoffs. Yeah. Um, yep. And you've got teams it's like... probably just a really good regular season team. Yep. <coughs> and I'm, I'm not impressed with, say, the Dallas team. I know they've got a lot of star power and they've got one of the true stars, but I watched him the other day play a ridiculous amount of minutes in a regular season game against OKC, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, Jason Kidd? This right. is not fucking yeah, Chicago Bulls from really 10 years he's, ago, or is it the Chicago Bulls? He still doesn't Bulls? know what he's doing. Yeah. Is it, is it a Tibbs thing where you wear your players out in the regular season just to get one or two more wins? You've got to think of this as a long game. We're not even at Christmas yet. The season hasn't really even kicked off and you play it. I think he played the first 17 minutes of the game. I don't care how few stars you've got available. That is ridiculous. Yeah, they, um, they're, a, they're a situation. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. How we doing, gang? I'm back on the normal show. I'm back on the good show. It's Griff. Another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast. Grinding in the content mines two fucking nights in a row. Me and Tony just uh, out here shoveling content coal out of this thing. Uh, the, the canaries squealing away, uh, trying to warn us that we're going to get hit with the deluge of um, hate mail. I don't know, but... Uh, but still, we're down here producing more shit for everybody's ears. Tony, how are you doing today? Um, it's good. No reference to a chainsaw in all that. I'm surprised. I really thought you would have worked in a chainsaw reference into that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we heard the chainsaw yesterday. That was amazing. Cutting down um, a Japanese maple was, in my front yard. It was funny because uh, Brian had been talking about <laughs> people are running around with chainsaws in a Mad Max type wasteland, and no more than a few seconds later, uh, a chainsaw busts out uh, in your front yard, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, our our power, as you probably noticed, it it is above ground, um, and our Japanese maple was interfering with the power line, so we were told to cut it down by the power company. So we we um, obliged and. And had it cut down. Unfortunate timing. Well, fortunate timing for the joke, I suppose, and for uh, Brian to make fodder out of it. But um, yeah, unfortunate. That's really all that matters. Really is. If well, it makes content, it's good. Yeah. Hey, look at you bringing snacks to yesterday's show. Um, I was surprised how successfully that went because Brian likes to give, likes to take a shit on everything I do at every opportunity. Yet, some of the yeah. things came out positively. Uh, I'll tell you what the worst part of the snack thing was, was, was uh, having to drive to Brian's office, <laughs> which is um, in a real questionable part of town. Just mo- not even because I think anything bad's going to happen to me there, but because 
the roads are like fucking cratered. There gotcha. are, you're just like flying around the street, bouncing around the street. You're you're just worried that you're going to blast a flat tire. It's a nightmare. Um, and you finally get there, and there's a bus stop right in front of his his office. Uh, I sh- I wish I could have described Brian's office because that actually had more of a not Mad Max, but definitely like an '80s movie vibe about it in there. Um, yep. Like a like a broke Patrick Bateman type setting in that place. Uh, can just I, the worst fluorescent lighting you can imagine. Can I take a stab? Um, it's yeah, like it. you know one of those middling shows that gets up for awards. It's not Better Call Saul, but it's it's kind of trying to take that vibe. It's a it's definitely sure. a lawyer's kind of strip mall. Uh, there's definitely some used car salesmen in the show. There's a lot, um, yeah, for sure. There's always a woman saviour, like a, either a receptionist or somebody comes in to revitalise the practice. Uh, very strip uh-huh. molly vibes, very uh, Pontiac Aztec vibes to it in the parking lot. Uh, wood panelled station wagon in there at some point. Uh, that's That's how I sort of feel at his office. That's the location he would be in. I can't, I, I know, um, so I got in there and there is a, uh, he does have a desk for a receptionist, but he doesn't have one. Um, Perfect. So you, you walk in there and there's an empty desk with a computer that I think is on. <laughs> uh, that's right from when the receptionist was there. Um, and this chair that is like all, you know, I ever see one of those like padded office chairs, but it's all like worn down and cut up a little bit yep. so that the little bit of, um, yeah, there's that. So it, it's got like horror movie vibes right there. And then um, on the walls, there's um, pictures. They aren't even like world. I don't know if you're familiar with World Market, Tony. But there's this, um, it's like this store around here that has like uh, tchotchkes for your house and sort of like foods from around the world. It's the one gotcha. place where you can buy Vegemite and stuff here. Um, and you can buy British snacks and tea and Jeff all that and shit. but then they also just have like kind of not tack like not super tacky artwork but you know it's like generic printed photos and shit like that yep these aren't even that nice these are almost certainly i would say from hobby lobby which is got similar type <laughs> stuff but worse being in there um, i know exactly what you're talking about yeah yeah so there's just i mean unless you're getting the fucking artifacts from uh that that guy stole from your iran or whatever um then uh you're you're uh you're getting shit but there are these really ugly badly printed pictures of fake french cafes are the artwork in there and i really don't understand why <laughs> uh he's got his he's got his, his two licenses hanging up so there's that all right you understand why you have to have that yes. great and then um, just, I'm telling you, headache-inducing fluorescent lighting. I mean, just like <laughs> the worst. I, I don't work in an office anymore. You know, I work at home mostly. But honestly, it's worse than any fluorescent lighting I've seen in the last decade. It's it's wow. like a really painful. Are we talking like 1980s, fluorescent light. 1980s department store fluorescent lights? I'd say that's about right. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, If you were ever in a doctor's office in the 90s, you're probably, you've probably been in under this type of light. 
kind of this perception I have that there's a maybe a way you can get cancer from these. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> just um, makes everything seems more like green. A, that's why, right? It does. Um, it's uh, it is amazing, and and that's and listen, like all credit to the guy. He owns his own business. Uh, he could just do this from home every <laughs> single day, except like the day they have rent to. So it's um. I do not know why he wants to go there, but I guess up to each their own. I, some people just like having somewhere to go. I understand that, but mm, that's not, that not where I'd want to be spending. That's <laughs> nah, not, it's just not for me. I get it. Not everything's for me. I understand, but driving uh, all the way up to uh, Char- Charleston and Sahara or whatever. And uh, uh, sitting in that place across from the bus stop is, Oof. Shout out to that guy. You know what I mean? He's more successful than me, but uh, <laughs> including in the podcasting arena. So if you do want to check out uh, our conversation, my conversation with Brian, go over there to the St. Iowa ver- volume two. I almost said version two, <laughs> volume two. And you can, uh, you know, you just type that into your app or whatever, and then uh, you'll get to listen to me um, to chatting about Australia. And we ate some snacks uh, and, um, Brian did make a joke that I am very embarrassed that I've never been able to make. Um, I, I almost shouldn't say it because I think it really kills my comedy cred, um, that I, that I couldn't come up with this joke, but we've talked about Gippsland maybe a hundred times on this show at, if not more. Yep. And Brian was the first to realize that it, uh, sounds like Gimpsland and that, uh, uh, it would be funny if Tony had been banished to the Gimp's land. Um, and it, I, I, was, I can't believe I missed that for this many years. I've known Tony for 10 years and I didn't, I couldn't pick this joke up. So I have to be, I think I have to be like eliminated from the, like, I, I shouldn't be allowed to watch any more of these comedy specials. Um, <laughs> they, they just, they shouldn't permit me to do it. Did you watch the Matt Rife special, Tony? No, why would I do that? Apparently it wasn't even fucking funny. No, it's not. I, 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 uh, I haven't watched it either. I, um, I saw the one bad joke he tells in like the first five minutes. And I, I think Brian might be ranting on this in particular, but we really do. I, I think we need to put like a, I think Joe Brandon needs to step in and put like a moratorium on these specials. We can't make any more hour long. Nobody should get any more hour long specials for the next two years. You know, we, we need to put a full on presidential halt on these fucking things because <laughs> it's, it's getting out of control. The problem is you only see them. The only ones that come to the surface are that one in 100 that are actually good or those ones that are, that are shitty and cause controversy. I think most people just, like, they'll find one and it'll amuse them and then they'll forget about it. There's been a handful that have been revolutionary, but I think that's always been the way with comedy. I think if you're going for short-term game, be controversial and, and, and burn your career if you know you've got not a lot of talent behind you. Go ahead and do that. That's fine. Blow it up. I don't give a fuck. Um, oh, yeah, who cares? But I think... I mean, I, I don't know how many, like, hour-long specials some of the most famous and best co- uh, comedians of our lifetime or prior to our lifetime made. I, I think Richard Pryor made, like, three. 
And um, I, I, you know, yeah, but by the same token, George one, Carlin made three thousand of the fuckers, so you can't just use sure, Richard right. Pryor as that one example. And that—that's the thing. It's—it's it's like music. There are some guys, the Beatles, they made seven albums. People are more prolific. I understand. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, there's there's more prolific people than others, but I would say also that uh, using this, I know this is only one show, but Comedy Central presents was on uh whatever um like did like 10 or 15 episodes a year yep. and they had some of the best comics some up and comers but a lot of them already pretty established comics would have to fucking work their ass off to be able to get that 22 minutes on comedy central presents and that's how you consumed like live comedy when i was growing up yeah, but and, it's not uh, how you're, people consume it now because nothing's an event now. I understand. Nobody consumes not, anything that way now. I no. understand. Yep. But it, but also comedy hasn't really – I mean, it's changed to a degree, but not – I mean, they're still just doing stand-up, and they have to write jokes, right? Yep. And I don't know if writing a joke is really any easier than it is now, uh, now than it was then. So the idea that we have more people having to fill an hour uh, with shit <laughs> – just means you're going to get more shit, right? I mean, that's that's what I. That, I mean, that's the coming full circle on that. The reason we have to put this moratorium on, not because people shouldn't have comedy shows. We we just don't need an hour. We need fights. We need like, give us. Let me see a tight twenty, you know, before you dump an hour onto my lap. I don't. I don't need this shit. There's so much. It's not. You can't all. I mean. But isn't that the world we live in now? Rather than a tight 20, you get a TikTok. And if you can present in a tip, TikTok, then it becomes an hour. And if they don't uh, entertain you within the next, the first five minutes, shouldn't you be turning that off? I just turned, No, I didn't. I mean, you just turn it off, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's easy. But, um, hey, I, you know what? Let's go back to Vine. I'm going to give you seven seconds, you know, Vine style. You get seven seconds or whatever it is to make me laugh, and I'm fucking <laughs> changing it. Going off, um, but yeah, that's and I think maybe I, I when Brian said he had a comedy rant, I decided to jump in front of him because uh, I think it's going to be something similar, but maybe not. <laughs> um, uh, hey, so I've been watching uh, ever since I started complaining about the Bulls on here, which was Wednesday of last week. I don't believe they've lost. Um. So that's funny to think about. Uh, the, the Bulls, they're up 10 right now with 30 seconds left. I know they're playing Charlotte, who is one of the teams that's actually below them in the standings. But, uh, yes, yeah, since yeah, since last Wednesday, the Bulls are 3-0 when I bitched and moaned about them. So yep. I guess somebody heard me up there. I guess they did. No, I'm guessing that was Kobe White, who has been on fire with his... Uh, Basketball, 37 minutes, he is. 19 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal. He at least play, played one possession of defense while the ball fell into his lap. I, I remain baffled at the amount of minutes. He's playing Jimmy Butler Tibbs minutes in these pointless games. He's uh, Against Milwaukee, he played 45 minutes. Um, it was the 20th game of the season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 45 minutes for Kobe White, uh, but he did score 27, uh, sorry, 23 with seven assists and four rebounds, so he was good there. Um, today, yeah, you're right, he's played, he got a little break today, only 37 minutes so far. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe 38. But the guy, the guy's out there grinding away minutes wise. Uh, I will say that um, I think uh, Zach uh, maybe taking a step away is helping the team's morale a teeny bit. Um, now, it's probably not helping their offense, although, I mean, at the time, he was playing really bad. So um, that could be the case, but uh, it's it's elevated some of the other players that I think have something to give, at least, like Io and um, uh, Kobe, I guess, apparently, and Caruso, at least. Caruso's playing more minutes, too, and at least he can guard something. Yep. Um, Man, so this, this team still sucks. Of, it doesn't mean they're good, but it is... What's up? This roster has a lot of guys at six foot five, specifically in a in an NBA that's <laughs> trending taller and taller to six foot eight, six foot eleven guys. Uh, there's nobody that's seven foot, and your two centers are, are undersized, really, with six foot ten with um, Vooch and six foot eleven with Drummond. Um, I think if you're going to trade out Levine, you need to trade out for some long length. Maybe uh, Pokashevsky, straight up trade with Zach. <laughs> sure. Uh, I think um, the Bulls are full. The Bulls team is a team of uh, guys who you would say are um, many of them, you know, and, and even their best players, you would say are, oh, that guy's good or that guy's all right. There's nothing remarkable about almost any player on the Bulls, including their height. Yep. Their um, their stats, their abilities, you know, all of them have, all of them are like, uh, even their best guys have, um, what I would call love Island disorder. And, uh, fill me in on this a love Island disorder. Okay, I want to hear how it relates to basketball. Love Island, all the, so I only evaluating the, I mean, I'll say that's true about all of them, the men and the women. Generally, they bring on all these pretty, pretty cute, pretty good looking women and guys, but every single one has a flaw that if you see it one time, you cannot stop looking at it. Yep. Okay. Right? So you have a, you're like, damn, this lady's cute. Uh, she looks great. And then you're like, oh, why is her eye go look the other way when she, you know, whatever. Or there's just one thing that you're like, ooh, ooh. wish that wasn't the way it is, you know. Uh, listen, they're all still very beautiful people. Uh, not, I'm not in their league. I think the Bulls are a great example is if you made a team of guys who have uh, maybe some some useful skills, but at least one uh, and maybe more very distinct flaws yep. that uh, if you can't fill those gaps, you're going to have problems. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and it really is um, in basketball, it's a, it's a huge thing, like they do stick out. Kobe's defense, for example, you can't unsee that lack of ability to play modern pick and roll or defense effort, or, or <laughs> effort. Yeah, um, Lonzo Ball, the the scoring and the shot mechanic is just it it does your head in because otherwise he's a pretty solid player, solid on defense. Yeah, um, one of the best passes in the league. Um, mm-hmm. Alex Caruso. You can you can sort of see that like crazy athleticism, but there's nothing else special. There's nothing else that sort of puts him above a bench he's warmer. He's, he's short, right. 
um, his limbs are, his arms specifically are shorter than what you want for a guy that's yeah. that, that athletic and jumping around the gym. Well, we all know the problems with Zach. Vooch, well, he's a centre that would have been great 20 years ago and he uh, didn't actually develop back then, but he's too big. Um, DeMar, the game's gone past him and then we're starting to get into to players that are on the bench and they're on the bench for a reason in the yep. NBA. Yeah, so I think that's I think that's where the Bulls are now, and you know when they had Lonzo, uh, especially offensively, and Lonzo was able to paper over some of the gaps that the other guys had. Great passes, uh, too. Yep, and DeRozan and Zach are both good scorers and good shooters, so they sort of made up for Lonzo's um, deficiencies uh, from a scoring the basketball thing, right? It, um, yep. But uh, without Lonzo, all of a sudden, uh, a lot of these problems start to open up. And when Lonzo's essential backup is Kobe White, who is playing better, of course. I, you know, we're on the Kobe White renaissance. Great. I hope he does play better. Uh, um, but uh, replacing those, those two guys are not one-for-one replacements. Kobe's a lot more like Zach yes. than he is like Lonzo. So he's another guy who can't guard... Uh, and um, when his shot's not falling, he's useless. So, um, I, I think that's where the bulls are. Um, well, not that not that I not that you need my analysis to know that because they're seven and fourteen. So clearly they stink. But so if you're going to make a trade for Zach, which it looks like is going to happen, who do you look at? Do you look at a Jordan Poole? That'd be a perfect replacement. Why would Washington do that though? I just don't. Because Jordan Poole is you know, fucking what? awful. He, he, oh, yeah, no, he's, he, he's everything you talked about um, with Zach, but even more poisonous. Uh, this is a guy that got into fights with his teammates. This is a guy that likes to put up great stat sheet numbers but doesn't actually help his team win. He is fucking atrocious this year. There's a reason why Golden State got rid of him, and it wasn't because yeah. uh, it was a salary cap crunch because if he was any good, they would have got rid of the some other guy off the roster. Um, to to make it the, happen, the Bulls aren't going to move him unless they get an offer from like a a good team. I don't think I don't think a bad team's going to trade for him because what are they going to do with him? The only his his value. I mean, I know he's still kind of young, but he's played a lot of years. He's yeah. got a lot of miles on his legs. Uh, I suspect that they're hoping that uh, some team with gets an um, injury, a little bit of offensive de- deficiency. Or gets an injury, something like that, right? Or there's a team that thinks they can do more than they can, uh, yeah. like a Minnesota, you know, um, or like a uh, 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 hell, even uh, uh, Philadelphia or uh, Indiana or somebody like that that yeah, thinks they the could Knicks. make a little make a little run. Um, you know, the Knicks are stupid every time, right? The Pisces, um, one of those. Yeah, sure. I, I, that's the thing is I think you hope that one of these middling teams that yep. thinks they're going to do something and needs a little more scoring goes for Zach. Um, yeah, it's not going to be a Boston you know, or a Milwaukee. Um, could it be an Orlando? I don't see why they'd make that move at the moment with how well they're playing with their roster. That or does. the thing that you want is uh, Boston. Uh, Jalen, you don't want this, and I'm not going to pray for this or anything, <laughs> but Jalen Brown gets hurt, something like that, right? Yep. Um, and they're like, fuck, we need another guy who can score. Um, and uh, they they get Zach, right? Um, yeah, but what happens to their roster long lines. term? They haven't got a lot of um, salary cap. It means they'd have to blow up some of the Yeah, I don't bench. know if they can. Yeah. 
totally theoretical concept that probably can't even happen based on their cap situation, but um, that's something like that, right? Or same with Philly, right? Philly is like, man, Tobias Harris is a piece of shit. We need somebody <laughs> better than Tobias Harris they playing do. on our team, <laughs> right? So they, they, you know, they make a move, you know, because they're they're running out of time for Embiid, who put up fifty today, by the way. Yep. So they they try to get another another um another score. They run a three yard offense or something like that. Yeah, with know, so with Maxi rather than yeah. Tobias at the wing. Right. So who knows? Nick Tork has like been is shooting his radio like uh, fucking Elvis shooting the TV. I know, but sometimes um, it's nice to deep dive into this. Like we we did this podcast for our own pleasure. Sorry, Nick, but this is like there are very few. Like I've got a lot of people that oh yeah I watch the NBA but there are very few guys that dive deep into the NBA like like Griff does with me where we can actually talk about the whole NBA as as thirty teams and and we know those rosters fairly well and so it's nice to occasionally deep dive into it. Hey, we can always recategorize well, this as an NBA podcast and just vaguely talk about <laughs> beer. I'll uh, yeah I'll uh, I'll see if I can go up head to head with. Um Zach Lowe or one of those other guys who makes a podcast. <laughs> JJ Reddick. Chris, Chris Vernon. Yeah, don't oh, JJ Reddick, sure. Um uh all right. Well, what else did I put on my uh psycho list here? I don't um, know, but oh yeah, can, I want to talk just about before this. you get into um politics, can we talk about the story of the moment? George Santos. Yeah. He, uh, oh, he yeah, was flamboyant. George Santos. What is he up to? He's flamboyant when he was um, actually in U.S. Congress or wherever he was, or a senator or whatever the fuck he was, House of Reps, I don't know. But um, he's been even more spectacular out of it, trying to burn down the Republican he's on Party. Cameo. Of course he is. He's a fucking grifter. Um, I'm telling you, I looked this year for, uh, I think I told you this. We worked together, remember? Um, I would, yeah, you and I were looking for a, a, something to get Brian for his birthday. Uh, we'll have to do it. I, I still want to do it next year. So if our lif- listeners have any ideas of a good cameo to get our friend Brian for his for his birthday, uh, or even for Christmas, maybe you know, um, I think it'd be really funny to be able to play it on the show too. Uh, is I'd love to get a cameo for him. So I looked at Brian's an old. He, you can tell by the way by his voice that Brian has an affinity for. Old, not old, uh, like 80s, 90s talk radio, jock jock culture, shit like that. Um, So I was trying to get, I was like, maybe the Grease Man would be good. I don't know if the Grease Man's one of Brian's favorites, though. And at the price, it wasn't worth it for me to get the Grease Man. um, Because I think he was at least 100 or 150 bucks. I'm like, 30 seconds of the Grease Man. I don't (laughs) don't know if that's really paying off for me. But um, or like Phil Hendry would have been good, or any yep. of those guys. But uh, uh, just not many available. But George Santos would be a fascinating one. Um, but I don't think he's worth it either. He's very expensive. He is very uh, expensive. I'm I, just uh, yeah, it's four hundred bucks <laughs> or two hundred bucks. Sorry, two hundred bucks for a video. Oh, I, I thought it was four hundred. Good lord. Well, let's look at. Let me look at cameo. I might as well find out. Yeah, I was I was at four hundred um, bucks, but maybe that was a sta- Australian dollary dues. Because um, I'm I've actually gone on to the uh, cameo for below deck. 
Not sure whether you're familiar with uh, that show, but uh, yeah, no more, I don't. All those guys are on on cameo. At least a lot of the original guys. Um, quite reasonable. I don't know what season Lucy was in, but she's only charging forty six dollars. Oh man. He's currently temporarily unavailable. He's got too many videos to make. George has too many videos. That's amazing. Um, yeah, Grease, Grease Man. Uh, Grease Man is 50 bucks. Actually, I should have done that. Captain man, Lee. He looks horrible, though. Good Lord, the Grease Man looks bad. Captain Lee is uh, $380. Damn, that's expensive. Captain Lee was here doing something in Vegas recently. I'd, he had like a Q&A at the Westgate or some shit. I don't know. I don't know who's going to that, but sure. Um, all right, well, t- Tony, I want to talk about this. This isn't really super politically related. Uh, this is just silly, so anyone who doesn't want to hear about American politics, that's fine. This guy is the Speaker of the House, though. Uh, his name is Mike Johnson. And I don't remember where I heard this, but I had to look it up. This is from, oh, this is only from a few weeks ago, so I'm not way out on this. But um, this guy's a real fuck up. You know, this guy, <laughs> Huge this Mike Johnson, up. he's a real piece of, he's a real piece of shit. Um, uh, you know, obviously he's a religious extremist and he wants to teach the Bible in schools. And he, here's a good quote from him. God invented civil government. Very good. That's a very good thing to say. But if you believe in um, God, didn't God in, didn't he um, invent everything because he invented us. So therefore right. he invented um, mass shootings. Transitive property. Yeah. The, so uh, uh, it turns out he revealed this, uh, on a clip that was posted last year, and uh, he enthusiastically endorsed a surveillance app called Covenant Eyes. And this app is promoted by your promise keeper types, you know, some of these other big conservative <laughs> mega church fuckers. Yep. And the idea is you designate an accountability partner to hold them to task in the event they stray into illicit digital outer space. So you might have your pastor be an accountability partner, maybe your, you know, pallet church or something. And, account, you know, sponsors and accountability partner in general, you know, if we're talking about like a 12-step or something, right? You say yeah. you're hooked on pills or whatever, you know, great. That's something that I back. But in this case, uh, this website, and if you can't tell uh, what I am, um, what, what we're really talking about here. This is a website that pretty much is just telling um, your accountability partner if you're, if you're pounding off, if you're, if you're jerking off. Well, not so much jerking off, but looking at porn. Cause sometimes yeah. we do it for well, the story. Okay. And I, we know, we know at least <laughs> one guy rest in peace. All right. Babe. Troy, um, who did enjoy just kind of, you know, sitting around, flipping it on, taking a look. What's, what's, you know, new and new and cool in the porn world. Yep. But otherwise, I think generally we're just going to work with that stuff. That's, Absolutely. That's, I mean, it's there for a purpose, kind of like right. food. Right. I'm just trying, I'm trying to get, I'm, get, I'm dipping in and out of the, of the sphere, essentially. I'm, yep. I'm out of there, you know. Um, but uh, in this case, uh, uh, this fellow, uh, Mike Johnson, he didn't choose one of his, um, 
pastor friends or anything. His accountability, his accountability partner is his teenage son. That's so, weird. He's he's got a little alert on his phone, and even funnier, Jack's got a little alert on his phone that'll come up, and if it's if it says Dad's looking at a porno, Dad's pulling on his pud, you know, that's pretty. That, that's what your phone tells you. So that's cool. Um, you can you can find out what's going on with your your family and uh, how much uh, porno they look at. But here's what he says: If anything objectionable comes up. Your accountability partner gets an immediate notice. It looks for keywords, search terms, and images. It's really sensitive. Johnson said he once got an alarm about Jack's questionable uh, internet usage involving a blurry image of two women. I had to zoom in on it and unblur it, and it was two middle-aged teachers who uh, uh, apparently were not doing porn. Oh. Two (laughs) middle-aged teachers. I mean, mean, Brian... But like right in our wheelhouse. Uh, I do like further down in the article. It goes on to say that there's no clinical evidence that app designed to bring shame or embarrassment actually have their intended effect. So what's the fucking point of of doing this thing? There is there is. I mean, we already that- we already know that all these weirdos in these mega churches are hornier than than sin. I mean, they're they're the horniest people on earth. These guys are. Um, they can't stop doing bad shit because they're so horny. They can't stop. Yeah. Um, I mean, hell, the Catholic Church, same deal, right? Them, those motherfuckers are hornier than, than even those guys, you know? Well, well, one of so the these guys ca- are all horned up, one of the, um, and they're making making problems. One of the book banners in Florida, um, parents, it was some parents group, they were involved in a threesome recently, and um, the and they were the couple behind this, this huge LGBT book ban, and it turns out the husband has been accused of rape because um, they tried to make another appointment with this woman to have another threesome, and he said that she couldn't turn up, and um, and she said, no, thank you. I was only really into it for her, and uh, then he went mm-hmm. ahead anyway, even yeah. after she said no. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, so yeah. I don't, I don't like, know if... Um, these people are using these morality clauses to um, mask their actual real behaviour a lot of the time. You see it in churches, Catholic Church. Uh, the Mormon Church is another good example of a church that that uses uh, the veil of religiosity to sort of hide behind it, but um, are no better than the rest of society. If not, they're worse. They just like to shame people. That's pretty much what this is, is if you're if your your teenage son um like watches a uh uh watches a PG thirteen movie, uh your dad gets to shame you or vice versa. Oh well now dad watched uh uh strip tease on on Netflix. I get to now I now I have to hold my dad accountable for seeing a seeing a boob. It's awesome. And yeah. I feel like there would be ways around it. Like he could he could just like be Googling Lauren Bobert and Marjorie Taylor Greene all day and say, oh, it's just for work and yeah. it doesn't pop up as questionable material. But you know he's jacking off to that. What's, um, what's crazy to me is that uh, I, I would guess that this app is just like anything that's built by these 
freaks. Oh, I terrible. Bet it sucks. I, yep. bet it does. I bet there's a million. It's probably the most hideous app. And there's probably a million fucking ways around it. It's yep. probably like something easy, like go into private um, mode on your browser. Fucking, right. Private mode, disable proxies, some easy shit that this thing can't handle. Um, you know, this thing sucks. There's no way this is a functional app. So it probably, yep. you know, any, any 18 year old with three brain cells is going to be able to sort this thing out. So, uh, anyways, I just thought that was real. I just found out about this recently. Do you know what it reminds really me of? The, in the 90s, there was a big thing, and it was like, I think the Jonas Brothers did it and whatever else. The purity rings. This is a digital version yeah, yeah. of a purity ring. It is. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's um, purity rings or chastity bracelets or any of that shit that, yep. um, you know, uh, uh, I think now we understand better that than... Um, you know, trying to uh, control or define someone's um, sexuality or sexual maturity or um, having control of their, um, you know, romantic life or whatever. You know, like the old school, Dad, dad's at home with a shotgun to meet my <laughs> boyfriend or whatever that shit, you know. That, I think we've, as a society, well, we haven't grown past it as a society, but as uh, individuals, we have. Fucking woke. A couple of wokies. We we both know that's a bad and unhealthy way to treat your child or your um, yep. family or, or otherwise. But not this guy. He's uh, he's got this app. So thank you to apps. We we love our apps on our phone. They do all kinds of fun things. For hey, us. I can't live without it. How else would I Simpsonize us? Or like I did the other day using the Discord app, I accidentally put the this and I show notes into uh, Mid Journey. I pasted them in the wrong mm. place. I tried to paste them. Well, I meant to paste them into the um, podcast website that we use, but I accidentally hit tab an extra time and posted them in Discord, and um, the results were bizarre. So, Oh, man. They brought me a good two minutes of entertainment as I giggled at it. There you go. Perfect. Well, Tony, I think that's enough of the news. Speaking of Discord... Why don't we go look at our Discord? Yeah. All right. Let's start off where I want to start off, and that is with Corey and uh, the red stripe in its natural habitat, which is close to its natural habitat. I think any vacation scene is its natural habitat. It doesn't have to be on a beach. I enjoy one from a Vegas convenience store as much as the next bloke. I believe he's in Jamaica, though, so I think he literally was drinking it in the place where they made Red Stripe. Invented Um, Red Stripe. I'm not sure whether they still make it there, do they? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, No, I think – actually, I don't know. Um, I'll look it up. Where is Red Stripe brewed? Show off. Um, It is. It's brewed in – oh, in Jamaica and the Netherlands. There you go. They brew it in both places. So I would presume we get the Jamaican version, but. I know, it's close. Um, you would think, right. Uh, moving on. So, yeah, we're in the beer chat here. A Cascade Dank, he's, he's out here posting some stuff. He's got the 12 Breweries of Christmas collab box. Some of the, um, he said some of his favorite breweries are part of this. It looks like it. I saw there were some beers from Verdant. And some other uh, um, 
Let me see if I can zoom on this thing. I hate the web app of Discord. It's very hard to use the pictures and stuff. Do you know what the salt and pepper crunch was? That looks delicious, but I'm not exactly sure what it is. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that is either. It looks like a... Is it like a bar mix, maybe, would be my guess? Yeah, it Um, could be. Let me pull it up on my phone so I can see what some of these beers are here um, from cascade but they look good i did see there was some verdant in there i was wondering just what the other breweries are that he's got stuff from there it is uh come on there we go uh flock is in there that's a that's a good one um there's a couple of these i can't read full circle we have um, Vault City, I've, I'm familiar with. Neon Raptor, I'm familiar with. I uh, They've been at Mickler a couple times. Um, so, yeah, this looks great. We got some double IPAs. We got some Imperial Stouts. We got some Imperial Sours. Looks like a nice uh, nice collection of beers. So I uh, hope Cascade enjoys that. Tell us, tell us which ones come out, um, and uh, I'll be jealous. And I did some uh, research. Max Allotment, yeah. Um, the Sea Salt and Pepper Crunch by Nature's Heart is actually edamame, peas, broad beans, and seeds. D- delicious pasta oh, mixed without any peanuts in it. Yeah, that's healthy. That's healthy snacks right there. Um, Max Allotment drinking a Keller beer uh, after drinking adjuncted boozy Christmas stouts all day. This is a, a, Cape, a Cape May Keller beer. Looks very tasty. Um, Tony, I thought maybe uh, you, maybe PMAC would be into this. Uh, the the ugly Christmas sweater edition of the Melbourne Beer Run is coming up. Uh, if it's not already done, let's see. Oh, it's the eleventh, so there's still time. And essentially, what you do is you run between five breweries, which are uh, uh, Bodrigi, which we went to. Stomping Ground, we were there too. Moon Dog, Mountain Goat, where we didn't go, but in Burnley, which we went to as well. So that's four out of the five breweries on the beer run we managed to hit. And you uh, put on an ugly sweater and some sneakers, and you go drink five beers and try to run a 5K, which uh, sounds fucking horrible to me. But <laughs> sure. it, it does because you know how hot Melbourne was getting. Um, we did walk po- past. Right past Mountain Goat, it was uh, on that walk that uh, when I tried to take you to the Royston, which was closed. Um, it oh, was that's just right. Off to okay, the left. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Um, so not far from Burnley, so that makes sense as a stop on this. Yeah. Yep. Um, close. Uh, well, maybe PMAC will get into that. He did just do like a fifty-mile train run or fifty-k train tra- tra- sorry trail trail run. Um. So maybe he's taking a break from all this shit too. Yeah. Uh, 5K I did post up the old Corey's. Yeah, I probably could, yeah. Even with five beers. Uh, I did post up the Corey's draft list the other day, mostly because it just had a nice selection of things I like. Yep. Uh, we had the Freem Lager. We had the Pure Project, Pure West, which is a good uh, West Coast IPA. Some 2018 Sticky Monkey on there. There was a Veil Lager there. Um, there were a couple, uh, um, yeah, Hebel Bakers. Yeah, that's fine. Um, uh, but it was just overall a nice, uh, 
nice little draft list here. Oh, we had the Bottle Logic uh, Hazy Quad IPA. We had uh, um, yeah, some Bottle Logic Mole Barrel Aged Stout. It was a uh, it was it was a great list there. So. Nick was able to post up how, what he would have ordered off the menu. Um, I, I sort of went the other way. I just ended up getting free loggers uh, <laughs> and drinking Sticky Monkey, so it was plenty for me, but um, not too bad. Nick did open the first uh, couple of days on his Carwin uh, Canvent calendar. I, uh, we, we had seen uh, that Carwin was doing this, and he opened up the... Uh, Ten and a half Imperial Pastry Stout from Fox Friday, and the Mountain Culture Pavlova Palaver Palaver Palava. a uh, 10.8 Triple West Coast IPA. That does sound good, dude. I mean, I like a yep. big Imperial Westie. Um, and uh, uh, hell yeah! I mean, taking those two down—that's a—that's a good—that's a good, good drinking uh, day right there. Um, I'd love to try both of these. They they look great. So hopefully that's uh, continuing well for you, Nick. Um, oh no, and we had three more that he did show to us: the uh, the sober mesa uh, fruited saison. We had the uh, blue blaze style haze uh, from Seeker, and we had the Steinbach from Boat Rocker. I'm sure all those are um, fantastic. So good stuff, Max. Back out there drinking some off-color. Hell yeah. Um, this is the Aqua Predator, which is a, I believe, a hoppier version of uh, Apex Predator. Uh, this has a huge Eldorado edition, giving a soft citrusy vibe. Rounds off the astringency of the base. Uh, you know this is a good, you know, off-color. He's always delivering. That's a great brewery. Um and then this, uh, this by Corey from uh, Ultra Ripe Beer. Don't worry, we'll be talking about that in the news section. Um, you know, I got to be covering Ultra Ripe Beer, uh, so we'll we'll get over to that. And then, otherwise, Tony, I think. Oh, actually, we just had a little bit in the kitchen yep. uh, with Corey posting up some jerk chicken. Uh, jerk chicken is a very yummy thing. So if uh, he's getting the real deal, jerk chicken. Fantastic. Tony, you ever have jerk chicken? I have, but I don't think it's been authentic. So I can't say I've had real jerk chicken, if that makes sense. I've only probably had a good version of it once, and uh, it is really good. Sometimes you get bad ones that are, like, too fruity. Um, It's got to be spicy, and you want to load it up with those habaneros, the scotch bonnets. And um, you you do want a little, like, savory... Almost a fish saucy taste to it in the end. There, there will be a fruit flavor to it, but uh, yep, I think mine was it, too it really fruity pops not when that. you get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's what happens to me. Um, uh, we do have some uh, Mike Johnson Cora Potpourri posted by Nick Talk. That's definitely Mike Johnson that asked that question. I'm sure. Let me check. Oh yeah, we have a couple of good ones from Nick here that we didn't talk about. Um, I, I love these. Uh, first one, atheists, imagine you're going skydiving with a Christian baby. Suddenly the baby tells you he won't open his parachute until you renounce atheism and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. What would you do? Well, of course you accept Tony? it, and then you denounce it the second he's opened the parachute. Fuck, as an atheist, I can say easy. anything I want. Yeah. It's fucking easy. Because <laughs> it's not blasphemous. If I'm faking it, big deal. Nothing happens to me. I'm fine. 
Yeah. Deathbed, uh, deathbed recant, you know, that type of shit. Uh, atheists, imagine a Christian baby makes you a sandwich with sleeping pills and laxatives. After you fall asleep, he glues your buttholes shut. Then you wake up and he won't give you any glue remover until you renounce atheism. What would you do? Go to the AR department and get a colostomy bag. Simple. Problem fucking solved. I'm a problem so solver. Couldn't I just do the same thing as the other one where I renounce atheism and then start over again once my butthole's but opened up? I, I do have a question for you, and this is a serious question. Why is it always a baby? Why can't it be a buxom um, woman in a maid uniform yeah. who is a Christian making me a sandwich? Why does it have to be a baby making me yeah. a sandwich? The Gold Coast maid makes you a sandwich with sleeping pills and laxatives. <laughs> yes. <It laughs> not gold, gold spikes, sorry. Uh, I think it was the Orleans. So you were closer with the Gold Coast. Oh, sorry. Or Orleans, yeah. Um, Orleans and Gold Coast are pretty close. Yeah, because yeah, they're run by the same company. But, yeah, why are we always is – is a baby meant to make us feel more guilty? Um, and could you ask the, the baby, I think – I think the skydiving baby. Oh, oh, here's the other thing with the Christian baby. Uh, he he won't open his parachute. I can open my parachute. So yeah, what but- I'm doing here is I'm I'm a permitting. So if I don't renounce atheism, I would that would let a baby die. Yes, is that that's. But in in saying know. that, you, you like a lot can of be moral without um, without. Um, the need for God in it, which that question doesn't actually think you can be. But you can tell a lie for a broader truth. Um, that's that's why life isn't about honesty all the time, if that makes sense. Like yeah. sometimes you've got to lie. Sometimes you've got to say that, Jack Johnson, we want you back on the show. When maybe we don't. Maybe it's not a good call. I think the baby making the sandwich is maybe just a is just joking on the one the baby the other baby one. I think that may yes. just be a. I think they might just be riffing. Um, now this this guy who posts this, um, I think could be Mike Johnson. If my house was burning, I would save my Bible first before my children. Is this reasonable? It depends on no, the significance the of the Bible. Oh. Well. I think if, it depends on. I think actually, if I'm an if actuarially, actuarially, it would uh, be. It would depend on what the value of the Bible is, right? Yes, um, this is what I'm saying. You know, not to not to go full actuary on it, but if this is a first you know, edition King James, first edition Bible. If this is a uh, the Mormon stone tablets, um, although they wouldn't burn. Yeah, if it's the Joseph uh, Smith tablets, Dead Sea Scrolls. If it's made from, if the paper is made from the True Cross, if uh, it's the Shroud, yeah, Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, if it's um, uh, that Donald Trump you know, Bible version, that he held awkwardly to make it look a, like he was holding it upside down, even though it was the right way, a version of the Bible that um, that has swear words in it or something, um, that then maybe you're you know running in there being like, shit, this thing's worth half a mil. Yep, the, the, um, the Bible of the beer engine. Yep. Which I'm going to get um, ChatGP to write, and then I'm going to get it printed out on a, using a print-on-demand service. It's a great idea. Um, 
the uh, maybe that'll be the title of our show. That'll be nice and easy for me. Um, uh, <laughs> but I think uh, I think otherwise, I'd probably go. You know, if I'm if I'm going to save anyone, and I, I might just go with the kids. You know, I don't have any kids, but uh, I think I, I think from a um, uh, both a uh, uh, the the vibes and the um, the way it would look to my neighbors if I saved a book instead of my kids. Um, the optics maybe are not yep. great, so I might just stick with the kids. Um, unless that, like I said, this Bible is worth a uh, you know, an, again, an actuarially sound, actuary sound, validated amount of money. Yeah. That I, I simply must save it. And if, frankly, I don't want to brag. And I'm not I'm not a uh, I'm not a weightlifter by any stretch. I could carry a Bible and a kid at the same time. I, I bet know, anything I could. Some of those fat Christian kids are quite heavy. They really are. <laughs> yeah, and fair enough. But and this I, is the I other thing. Think Who says you're gonna be successful I, at saving your kid? If I couldn't carry the kid with the Bible, I couldn't carry him without the Bible. So I think I can at least try to get both. The Bible is really irrelevant in my ability to carry my kid. I, I will be able to get neither or both, essentially. So <laughs> it's really not an issue. I don't. Ha- I can go in, you know, wherever I'm keeping the Bible. I don't know how big my house is, but you know, maybe if oh, I maybe you know I think about this is. moment, if my house is burning and I need to save my Bible, maybe I'll just put it in the same room with the kid. So then I don't run into this issue. I can just grab them both. Uh, no problem. This is not an issue for me. Although, with this modern world, do you even need the Bible? Because we've got apps. We've got purity apps. Is Has the Bible reached redundancy? The but, app can just tell me if I'm uh, not looking up Bible verses. Oh, your son didn't look up his Bible verses today. Go home and hit him, you know. Uh, that's, you know that's some, those are some of what our best apps do. You know, Dad didn't, Dad didn't read uh, the um, passage of... Uh, a song of Solomon. He read it too. He read it and he got uh, too horny. He read, he read the passage in song of Solomon. And he got too horny. Um, you get to, um, you get to eat his meatloaf or whatever. <laughs> Is that a euphemism? I, I can't tell. Get to I, eat I'm lost. Meatloaf. I, I've, I've waited. I've waited in the center of a lake and I'm just, I'm just steering around out here. I don't know what's going on. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Uh, okay, I think I think we may be out of Discord items for this week. Um, as always, if you guys want to get into our Discord, there's a little link you can click at the bottom of our website, which is beerengineshow.com. It looks like a video game controller. It looks like a subway con- subway controller, or it looks like a submarine controller. You can also control a subway with it. Uh, you can, if you, you want, can get you just them go to s- produce more chips because those chips apparently were delicious. Mm. Oh, well, not delicious. They were intriguing. I just think they were bad. Sounds like the other if chips you click were that better. Link, if you click that link, it'll get you into our Discord. Otherwise, you can send us a note on Instagram or send us an email, which is beerengineshow at gmail.com, uh, and we'll get you in there. So come chat with us. It's great. Tony. Griff's yep. Blogger of the Week. Griff's Blogger of the Week. Griff's Lager of the Week. Oh man, I oh guess boy. it's Freem Lager. Not even not Freem Pills. 
cream lager. Um, this is just their um, standard. Now it's their year-round gold can lager. Uh, it is Fireman Pilsner, Gambrinus Pilsner, Canadian Malting Pilsner, acidulated hops, or sorry, an acid, some acidulated malt, like a tiny amount. It must be acidulated hops. Pearl and Tetanang hops, lager yeast. It's simple as all get out and clean. Uh, I guess I'd call it a Hellas lager. It's not like a hoppy lager or anything like that. It's pretty, pretty down the middle, bready lager. Um, unfiltered, looks great, tastes great. A plus for the frame lager. Can't beat it. I mean, how about you? No, none for me this week. Um, I haven't, haven't really been drinking a lot of like non macro lager. I did, oops, have some uh, Oatinger, but I'm not going to rate that. That's delicious. Uh, I do have I some uh, Oktoberfest beer that I need to finish. Oh, you missed out. That would have been actually good. Oh, this is what I wanted to ask you. Did you try in the Qantas Lounge, like you promised, like you threatened all trip, to try a Great Northern? Bad news, Tony. The Qantas Lounge was too bougie to even carry any of the shitty beers. Um, The worst beer they carried... Um, I'll have to look back at the menu, but I think the the lowest class beer they carried was maybe well, not not even VB or anything like that. They were all like nicer, whatever the next there. It was Cooper's. It was Cooper's Pale. Oh, that's delicious. Um, which I've had many times, which is great, but I've had it many times in the states too. So I yep. don't really didn't want to waste my uh, uh, my my points, my beer points. Uh, what, no, what on, are they called? Um, They're not beer points. They're Pe- peppermint points. Peppermint yeah, that's, points. A, that's an inside. Peppermint points. <laughs> you can't you can't be drinking these big beers, and if you don't like them, you got to dump them out. Don't waste your peppermint points on shitty beer, especially at a beer festival. Yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I did. I decided to drink some of the Australian wine. It was fine Australian wine. It wasn't anything special. It was you know airport lounge, nice airport lounge wine. Yep. But I figured I'd at least try something that I hadn't had before. So. Um, but no, I, I did not make good on that. I, unfortunately that's the real, that I, I was talking yesterday about not seeing kangaroos or whatever. Fine. Whatever. I understand. I could have gone to a fucking zoo and seen a kangaroo. Why would I do that? I can do that here. Um, uh, the biggest miss was I didn't drink any shitty beers, um, uh, or like macro lagers, I guess. So I didn't have any VB, a Melbourne bitter, even no Carlton draft. Carlton Draft, Han Super Dry, some Forex, uh, uh, Ass, uh, any of that shit. Tui's old, Swan Lager, yep. Tui's. I and we have all kinds of Tui's shit at the Silver Stamp too. So <laughs> I should have had a Tui's. Um, I didn't do any of that. I was and I drank so much good beer that I really didn't have the capacity uh, or the points left remaining to drink any. Uh, go back and like pound down a. Or X or something. So next time, I guess I'll just have to. Next time, I'm going to go to a place that's a little more remote. I think probably going to go to like Perth or Western Australia, and maybe that might be my only only option. Well, can I to knock you, down some cheap ass beers? So can I give you a recommendation on a TV show to watch? You may need a VPN to do it, but I'm not sure whether you're familiar with the British comedian Bill Bailey. Um, he's done a three part <laughs> series in WA that is absolutely outstanding and really worth a watch um, because he went through the region of WA I spent most of my time in, the Albany 
um, region and did a really good job and quite accurate to how I found it. So it's definitely worth checking out. And he's always hilarious. Yeah. Western now, Australia and New Zealand are right there on my list for like next part of that continent. Yep. Well, if I mean, you want New Zealand isn't technically part of your continent, but you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like there is Oceania. A, yeah. There is a good pocket down near Margaret River of breweries and in Perth itself. Um, but I would also think about Tasmania as a destination that has good beer and good wilderness yeah. all in one, and that's something that I want to do as well because that's where Fox Friday is from, but they're not alone. And a lot of good cideries if you enjoy, like, good craft English sort of um, ciders, not not the sweet um, swill that you get for the most part here in Australia. Now, I did... And that's re- not a long flight for you, right, oh, to no. Hobart from uh, Melbourne? That's only probably an hour. Oh, or, under or an so, hour right? probably, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And you could do yeah, the um, the ferry. Uh, that's another option. The um, Spirit of Tasmania. There's a ferry that goes on a uh, daily, daily or nightly basis across the ocean, just for Man, t- something different. I'll tell you, I, I'm not a I'm not a seasick type, Tony. I've been I've ridden on like lobster boats and stuff when we were in Canada and everything. Yep. But uh, and I think it may have had something to do with a slight hangover. But I rode that boat from. Portland, Maine to Nova Scotia. We took a ferry, big, big ferry, right? You yep. wouldn't think it would be a rocky ride. Usually those bigger boats, you know, just the size of them, you don't feel the motion quite as uh, heavily. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> I didn't throw up. I managed, but I was cold sweating, pale oh. as fuck, riding that that thing, just like glued to, they had nice chairs, these big, like comfy, like um, captain's chairs that we you get to sit in. Yep. Just absolutely feeling like sick, uh, swaying back and forth, trying to look out the window like a dog, like hoping that the fact that I can see the motion will keep me from vomiting, which it, I guess maybe it did. Um, watching Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, <laughs> and some kind of movie called like Space Monkeys that I think was like a cheap made for video cartoon. Um, yep, written by Rando. And I'm like, Right, I'm like, what? It does sound like a random movie. Um, just horrible things to watch, and I'm like, I can't move because I will get sick. And so I don't know. Maybe fairies aren't meant for me, or maybe I just got hung over. I don't know. But, yeah, um, I wouldn't recommend the Spirit of Tasmania then because Bass Strait is known for some of the roughest um, waters in the world because of where it's located at the um, – the conditions come straight up from the Antarctic and they push mm. up between the, you know the mainland of Australia and the island of Tasmania and create like this funnel and it can be rough. That 45-minute flight sounds great. Yep. Easy peasy. We'll just do that. But um, I, I will say um, to get around, you may need to hire a car. That's the only thing because... Um, I can do te- that. Driving on the other side of the road, oof. That's a challenge for you. Tony, I've done it before. I did it in Ireland. Um, Tony, we will, uh, 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 we'll all go and I will drive on the other side of the road and you will fucking, you and Kelly will both get to scream at me the, yep. the entire time. It'll be very, it'll be very cool to do. Now I did look up great Northern beers cause they've released a new beer. Would you like to take okay. a guess at what type of beer it is? I mean, that's that could be anything, Tony. Um, 
Uh, I'm gonna go with. Um, it's. Uh, I mean, it's got. It's not a logger, right? Isn't that all they make? <laughs> that is normally all they make. They make three versions of the lager. They make the original. They make the super crisp, and they make the zero. So, what else do you think they've made? Uh, it's not a lager. It's something okay. totally different. I'll I'll leave out. The I mean, okay. Here, so, you, but I'll read you okay. the blurb. A hint of citrus aroma. Taste um, with not a lot of heat, but citrus that's notable. Um, a clean and crisp finish. Mild sweetness. Recommended for serving over ice with a slice of lime. See, I, for a while I was like, is this a blue moon? Um, but in, in that, with if you're saying over ice, I'm going to go with seltzer. I'm going to say it's a great northern seltzer. That's a good call, but it's a ginger beer. Ginger beer is something that we have uh, a lot okay. in Australia, alcoholic ginger beer. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're releasing it under the Great Northern logo. It's probably just another CUB brand that they've watered down even further, down to 4% and are re-releasing. Uh, but I just want to – out of their other three beers, their original, which is 4.2% alcohol, their Super Crisp, which is 3.5, and their Zero – um, what IBU do you think is in each beer? What what uh, number? Like Twenty fifteen in each one. I don't know fifteen. Uh, Out of the two all- with alcohol, they have eleven IBUs in them each, and the zero. Because there's there's a lot of sugar in it because it doesn't uh, ferment out to alcohol has thirteen IBUs in it. That is a ridiculously yeah. low amount of um, IBUs for any sort of lager. And Miller Lite has ten, so Ooh, it's, a, it's about on par with the, it's about on par with with what Miller Lite's doing. So and that doesn't that doesn't seem crazy to me. No, I'm sure it's not. I wonder what Foster's is. I'll look that up while we play this tune. Now, Tony, don't. Um, don't, um, a lot of these macro beers though, I mean, the way they make the beers doesn't really lend to IBU calculations, right? So there may be more bittering components in the beer, but the way they brew it, um, sort of like the low IBU IPAs doesn't mean they're necessarily not bittered in any way. They just add it at different times or they add different components. So I remember, I only say that because I remember Miller High Life brewing the beer at off color and, John Loeffler being like, oh, yeah, you have to, they add, they don't do hops in the traditional sense. They're adding light. It says light resistant hop extract is what they add to the beer. So I don't know. I can tell that you. That alters how you calculate this shit. Well, I, th- I think that extract has a um, IBU component to it um, with how it's extracted. Sure. So that that's what they're calculating. That That is a number that, and that's how they're getting it. But you're absolutely right because, um, the head brewer at Mafra, that's what he did his 
sort of other work that was brewery adjacent but didn't actually work in the brewery. He actually designed the piping structure for CUB for their injection of beer for the hop product. So everything is brewed at about 8.5% alcohol, is then watered down with deoxygenated and carbonated water, and they're, they're streamed yep. together in a pipe. And then what he designed was the piping from the IBC of hop extract that was injected into the beer at the time of packaging. So that's at the time that they actually put the hop extract um, into the beer, right at the time of packaging. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, so I guess, I mean, I don't know if it, I don't really know how it, uh, how I mean, IBU I've always known is a relatively imperfect calculation. Like it whenever is. I, I still see people do this. I saw this at Silver Stamp recently. Somebody's like, how many IBUs are in this? I'm, I might not like it if it's over 25 or something. And I'm like, you don't have any fucking idea, first of all, what it's, that even means. And second yeah. of all, it's such an imperfect measurement of anything taste-wise, you know, especially with the way beers are made today, which yeah. are so heavily late hopped. Uh, even West Coast IPA now, the Neo West yeah. Coast tend to be more dry hopped than anything. I mean, uh, I, I just don't think it's, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense in today's um the only thing I will say it does once you understand what your representation on your brewery of IBUs is, then you can sort of adjust your recipes. So if you know what twenty five IBUs in your recipe formulation tastes like, you can then adjust off that. Doesn't mean you're putting twenty five IBUs in your beer. It just means in that software that's giving you a ballpark. You know what that tastes like. If you go to 35 for that style with that much malt, you sort of have an idea of where you're going to land. All it gives you is a, as a brewer, is a soft place to land. And as you were saying, like no person actually fucking knows where that, that beer lands for IBUs. And it's very dependent on style. Like the way 30 IBUs represents in a big imperial stout is very different to how it presents in... Um, a New England style IPA or even a West Coast, especially a new style West Coast IPA. Um, it's it's a figure that's important for a brewer, but as the general public, I very rarely see it put up today, um, especially on tap lists. It's just not something that goes up on tap lists these days. And I don't see the point of it going up on tap lists, to be quite frank. I don't think it really matters. Hey, and most places, if we're talking about tap beer, we'll give you a small sample. So you can try it. Don't come in with a preconceived notion of what you like based on something that's on paper. Well, now that you've played the sound 10 minutes ago, let's do our <laughs> beer of the week. Tony, you got a beer of the week for us? I do. It's a Mafco beer. I'm sorry. I have to be a homer. Mm -hmm. But um, this is a beer that went slightly astray uh, on brew day for Jimmy, but I think it's worked out. It was intended to be a Pacific Ale. I'm sure you've had Stone and Wood Pacific Ale, have you? Or you've had some American version of it? I've had Pacific Ales. I've, um, I, I think I sort of understand that the style is sort of a lightly hoppy, uh, tropical tasting um, beer would be my takeaway from it. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. More than light, lightly hopped, moderately hopped, um, I, I would say yeah. would be a fair comparison. Now, Jimmy, in formulating the recipe, uh, and this is where the IBU calculation is handy. Um, 
didn't actually update the galaxy he had, and it had 18.8% alpha acids versus the nine that was in his recipe software. So it came out calc- it came out double what he was expecting, at least from a calculation point of view. So we had to play around with the beer to get it tasting right. Uh, we ended up changing the dry hopping bill, um, adding some more mosaic in, so it wasn't 100% galaxy. And we're now calling it a hazy XPA because it's got a good chunk of weed in it. Comes in at 5.1% alcohol, I think. Uh, really delicious beer and uh, yeah. really suited to the Australian summer. So I hope it sells right. well because I, I, I love it. Yeah, I hope you guys burn through that. Um, I'll tell you what, with MAFCO, I was impressed with the uh, crowd in there. It was, uh, I know you guys had an event going on there, but... Definitely a popular place in the town, and you you you'll I mean you'll understand why when you drive through the town. Um, <laughs> not that it's a bad town, but there's I mean there's not a pub in town right anymore. There's not a bar in town anymore. You can see the closed yeah. hotel on the end of town. Um, there is the but, um, sports uh, club, the, the gathering place. Yeah, there's a sports club. That's right. Yeah. Yep. But you're right there. There there isn't a lot going on in town, and that's what we always say about the place. It is something that was desperately needed in the town, and not even in the town, in the surrounding areas as well. It's not like we can go to sale well, and have a place like that either. And it's a bigger. The, the thing with Mafra is it's, uh, and I don't think I, this came across yesterday. No. Because it's bigger than you'd expect. Yep. Based on what Tony said. But if you're someone from a big city, it will be stark to you, right? Now, I, I am from nothing but big cities, but also my family is uh, rooted in the the types of places that this is. Right? Yeah. So yep. uh, these are I'm I was I felt very familiar when I was there. Like I said yesterday on TAI, and I I don't think I said this here, but um, the area where Tony lives, uh, it is. It's Mad Max, but if you transpose it to America, it is like a place where people are crafting handmade shit because they don't have anything else, but that's just the nature of central Illinois too, right? They are getting stuff there, but the people do tend to be, by nature, I think, more self-sustaining or trying to be a little more self-sustaining or have some of those instincts for that. So um, they're not making handmade, like, rifles, but they're making, uh, they you know, they they might, you know, build something for their house or yep. they might uh, make a craft or things like that that we don't always do here in a big city where I literally have access to 8,000 versions of the same thing. You know? What I will say, it's sustainability for a reason rather than sustainability for sustainability's sake. And what I mean by that is, yes, we could buy these things in a lot of the time, but a lot of time there's a delay. Um, and right. if you've got the knowledge... Amazon's not getting there today. Yeah. 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 And, for example, you're paying cost on beer all the time, so that's why there's a good homebrewing community that's developed recently. Um, certainly wasn't around when I, I was doing it, but these things have, have come up by necessity, and um, that's that's why you you can do some of these things. That's why you've got good builders and, and, and houses that last a little bit longer than say Melbourne, because you've got good tradies in town as well. Um, it's not just sustainability or, or like homesteading. That's just not a thing around where I live because there's no need to do that. That doesn't actually, um, help you actually, um, right. In your day, you have a Woolworths. You can still go there too, you know, 
But if you're a farmer, would you butcher a, a cow and split up with your next door neighbour or, or your family members? Yeah, but you'll get a butcher in to do yeah. that. And, and that's sort of... You guys have that. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. And you have a bakery, and I didn't say that, but you go to the bakery and eat sausage roll. Yep. And everybody looked like I was cross-eyed because I ate it for breakfast, but I don't think that's a crazy thing to do. Um, <laughs> okay, you justified it, buddy. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever, it tasted good. I was happy about it. What was your beer of the uh, week? I mean, yeah, my beer of the week is Big Shove by Fontaflora. Big Shove is an Appalachian wild ale fermented with local raspberries and Michigan cherries. Uh, this year's variant is absolutely wonderful. Uh, nice and tart, huge cherry flavor. Uh, the raspberries pop too. It's a, it's meant to be a dedication to Dre Fontaine and homage, which is their raspberry cher- uh, cherry lambic. And I think this version is every bit as enjoyable, uh, if just a little different cause it's American, right? It's got a little bit more of that snap to it, but, uh, Excellent, excellent beer. Fontaflora just gets better and better. They're they're fantastic. So, yep, that's an easy one for me. All right, Tony. That sounds delicious. Let's uh, do a quick. Let's do a quick edition of Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News, huh? Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. All right, we're gonna start with the second one that I put here because okay. then we can then we can really dive into some hot, hot, you hot know I love ultra right beer action. Uh. Oh, yeah, you know I love this. This is some of that real dork shit right here. But um, Diageo. So, Tony, are you familiar with the Diageo company? It sounds Um, familiar. Yeah, so Diageo is – oh, yeah, this is from Axios. You guys are familiar with Axios down there, I presume. Yep. Um, The home of Jonathan Swan. That's right. Um, Remember that the Trump article or the Trump interview, the Axios one? That was a big big deal. Yeah. uh, I'm actually, I'm trying to get a damn. <laughs> what are you trying Same to do? Thing. Any of these, pay, any of these paywall things work anymore? I don't know, but all I got this was is, there was paywall, and I wasn't signing up for a um, fourteen day uh, trial. Screw this! I'll just, we'll just type it. We'll just find. It, there were a hundred versions of this, and I just, I happened to pick the one <laughs> that was not paywalled when I opened it up. But now that I've opened it up a second time. It is paywalled. So we'll just go to Reuters. That should be free. Yeah. Diageo seeks to sell beer portfolio on margin concerns. So <laughs> Diageo. The home of Captain uh, Morgan is, Smirnoff Baileys. Yeah. They make Smirnoff. They make Baileys. They make. Uh, now the beers they have are Guinness is the big one. So Guinness yep. is the huge. Um. Uh, huge one, right? So I, I don't know why they would sell Guinness. I feel like they would keep Guinness. I think the things they're looking to offload are the crap that always surrounds Guinness. So Harp yep. uh, and Smithix. Uh, Smithix is a pretty ass beer you can drink. Um, also Kilkenny and Tusker Lager. Are you familiar with Tusker Lager, Tony? No. We do get that here sometimes. It's an African beer. Um, if you go to like an Ethiopian restaurant or a, uh, 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 I guess it is just Ethiopian. I can't think of another um, country in Africa that has restaurants that you go to. Not saying that other countries in Africa don't have delicious food. I'm sure they do. We just seem to have mostly Ethiopian here. <laughs> but uh, you can get a Tusker lager often at the Ethiopian restaurant. So uh, it sucks. I mean, it's a fucking piece of shit. Beer that they ship, they I mean, obviously, probably tastes worse because they 
put it on a boat and bring it from fucking Africa. So um, it traveled really far. So they're going to get rid of all these things, apparently, other than the Guinness brand. Um, and they want to increase their focus on Guinness, uh, uh, which would be they're making a shitload more of Guinness 0.0, a non-alcoholic Guinness. And um, they got announced. They announced that a thousand Irish pubs are selling the non-alcohol Guinness, which is amazing to think about. Um, now Diageo also makes. You're right. All those different types of booze. They're, they're typically a, a, a distiller. Yep. Uh, I remember this only because when I was in Ireland, we did meet a friend uh, who worked for Diageo at the St. St. James Gate Brewery, but not on Guinness. And he took us out and his, his colleagues with the Diageo credit card, but we had to only drink Diageo product. <laughs> so we're in Ireland, and all I want to do is drink, like, damn, they have Havana. I was like, damn, they have Havana Club here. Real yep. Cuban. At the time, this is still Cuban Havana Club. I'm like, I've never had one. I think that'd be fun to have. So get some Havana Club. Nope. Fuck that. If you want, like, so his whole crew orders mojitos. But with Captain Morgan spiced oh, rum, no. and I'm like, "Yo, that's so fucking nasty, dude." <laughs> Did so, you have some real Havana um, Club while you were here in Australia? You should have. You guys have the Cuban Havana yeah. Club or the Puerto Rican? The thing is that you Cuban. go to Europe now, and they've got the Puerto Rican too. Um, it we used get to the be the Cuban Puerto Rican here. But there's, I, I know, yeah, and, and pretty much that was the thing: is you go anywhere other than the U.S. and you even in Canada, you'd see the. Real Havana Club, but now you're seeing that Puerto Rican version flying around a lot more. Does it make any difference, though? I don't know. Prob- I, that's only that's a myth to me, right? It could be the fucking same. But yep, I, I listen. It's like the Guinness thing to me, right? That the Guinness in Ireland tastes better because they have a different recipe, which we know isn't true, but. That's what we think, you know. Yep. That's that's the made up thing. So I guess I just I'm just as bad as those people, and I believe that about rum. So who knows? Well, yeah, I just um, checked, and according to Dan Murphy's country of origin, Cuba. Yeah, perfect. So maybe Especially I should have should have got some. The one more thing I needed to do was start pounding rum in Australia. Boy, that would been a good idea. Would have um, been. Alicia was staying away from Bundy. I that well, I had one Bundy. I had a I had a uh, I had a lemon lime bitters. Oh, not the rum, the soda. Different companies, even though they share the same. I know, name. I know. <laughs> I, I I I learned that, and they even the same branding in a lot yeah. of ways. But yep, uh, without the drop bear. Uh, so who would buy this? I, that's what I'm. That's what always interests me. So the craft brands, it makes sense to me. Is and and. Maybe maybe this is just a straight up fucking AB steps in and says, "Great, hand them over, bitch." You know, I'll take them. Um, or uh, or Miller Coors, fine. But I also wonder. Not that this is really interesting talk. Yeah. Yep. Or Car or Carlton. Uh. Or um. Not Carlton. What's what no. I'm thinking of? Uh, uh. The one in the Den the Danish. Uh, the Danish. The Danish. The very Carlsberg. Oh, Carlsberg. Yeah. Uh, Carlsberg or Heineken, one of those, right? Those are the big, those are huge companies, right? So Heineken could definitely pick this up, sure. Um, but I also, now we have that sneaky buyer, which is that big private equity weed yep. shit. So we could see the weed. I wonder if the weed guys will come in and buy Smithix or something. Well, uh, not even the weed guys. It doesn't make a ton they, of sense for them. But. The private equity guys, they, they'll just buy anything for balance sheet as, 
asset and they'll offload it in three, four months' time to some other corporation right. and it'll, it'll bounce around for years and then eventually just go out of public consciousness and the brand will disappear after these companies. It's kind of like a mid-level trade exception is how I think about it. It's kind of like a bad contract in the NBA world that they're just trying to offload and and these these private equity companies right. will buy them up to to prop up their, their balance sheet and then they'll be handed on to another um, company um, when it needs to be propped up. And it's probably all the same people behind it just shuffling their tax around and around and around. I wonder what the worst rated beer of these four beers is. These beers are all quite unpleasant uh, in my mind. I, I've, ne- I've never cared for Harp. Um, and Harp is probably the most respected of the bunch. Smithix, I remember drinking in a... Um, you know, like right after college. Oh, Smithix is actually the highest rated one, I think, Tony. I think that's definitive. I think we can lock that up unless Kilkenny is really blowing it out of the park. But uh, I know it's it's definitely uh, it's Smithix. Smithix, 3.55 for Smithix. Jesus, uh, that's high. Which um, I know I, I, I don't really I don't really care for Smithix. It's and I like red lager. I think that's maybe why or not red lager, red ale. Um, but this just, you know, you like the hoppy red ales. This doesn't really give you any of that. It's just, it's, it's not too good. Um, Tusker is the worst one. Tusker, or at least the lowest rated one. Tusker has a 3.12, still better than a lot of Australian beers, but, uh, <laughs> um, not, not too good. And I think founded by a, uh, potentially, uh, founded by a colonizer and a, Poacher. George Hurst was killed by an elephant during a hunting expedition. That's the nice. guy who found that founded the brewery. So there you go. All right, Tony, one more news story. Uh, thank you to Corey for posting this up for us. Um, anti-woke Fox business. You know, I'm back with Fox business. Talk about the anti-woke beer company, which is uh, of course, conservative dads, ultra right beer teamed up with Riley Gaines. Now, Tony, do you know who Riley Gaines is? Um, the name is familiar, but I, I don't know it off the top of my head. Uh, it, it was not familiar to me. She is a former Amer- uh, swimmer. She's a former competitive swimmer from Gallatin, Tennessee. This is, she, uh, this is why it's familiar. She's one of these anti-trans activist um, athletes. Yeah, she's an anti-trans activist. From Tennessee, went to Kentucky. Now, what uh, these guys are doing is they are doing a Real Women of America calendar. Uh, A calendar aimed at defeating wokeism in women's sports. This dude, this Seth Weathers guy is such a fucking um, map like tool. He just, it's the same, like whatever the thing of the day is, he is just like... This is my thing now. Is yes. whatever this is. And so it's the beer. It's uh, it's the fucking uh, Trump can mugshot can. It's this um, uh, the anti-trans swimsuit calendar. Um, this guy is this guy is really really fucking stupid. Now, um, you're absolutely right. It, you know what it reminds me of? Internet marketers. You know the guys that call themselves internet marketers. That's what this guy is. 
It's just grift after grift. Now, I have included a link to the Ultra Right page because I think you need to check out the sneak peeks that are available on the website. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get too like I don't want to be sweating on this thing, Tony. All right, well, let's take a look. It at would these. pop your filter. Your purity buddy Ladies. would be alerted. Oh, my purity buddy. Um, okay, so we got. Uh, I don't know who these people are. Okay, so we have Riley Gaines, Dana Loesch. Oh, yes. my God. <laughs> you do know Fast. Dana Loesch. Uh, M. Klasik, Ashley St. Clair, Sarah Gonzalez, Josie the Red-Headed Libertarian. Um, and I just Googled her. She's a is a Gen Y mother of three, so her body's going to be banging. <laughs> you know, laugh. Tony, don't offend the... Hey, you can go ahead and fuck these people. Brittany Jean, Bethany Bartlett, and Peyton Drew. I, I mean, honestly, I knew Dana Loesch, and I, if my first reaction was you. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, so we got... Oh, I think this is Peyton Drew. She's got the insanely Botoxed lips and the big fake can. All right, fine. Um... You've got this, um, this lady leaning against the wall. What does this look? <laughs> uh, this isn't, um, the lady just in like a dress and then not a pretty, not like revealing or interesting dress. And she's just sort of, you know, uh, uh, I, I think the idea is you're like, Oh, look at, um, you can check this girl's ass out, but you really can't. No, it's just, there's nothing. I don't understand what that is. And the picture quality is quite poor. Um, and oddly and then on, the, on the back, I mean, the whole, the whole thing is really, um, look, okay. We got to read the description. Okay. So I love this stuff. Okay. So they're doing the real women of American camp, America calendar, a tribute, a, a celebration of conservative women who are fighting woke extremism to preserve real women. But this is the best part. 10% of sales will be donated to the Riley Gaines Center to protect <laughs> women's sports from extreme leftist ideology. So this guy cares so much about this that he's willing to donate 10% of what will certainly be unprecedented number of sales um, to this center. So it's a $25 calendar, which... Fuck that. I mean, I can get a calendar. Listen, I can find out what day it is almost instantaneously by literally like clicking the power button on my phone. Or putting on my um, watch. I've got an Apple watch and it's right there. on your watch. Um, and uh, so he's going to give 250 for every 25 bucks. He, that's how much he cares. He's he's going to take home 2250 and give 250 to this, uh, whatever this center is. And then... Tony, you can look for fun, non-woke messages throughout the calendar. So what's oh. a non-woke message, Tony? What, what do we think? What do you think could be a non-woke? Man, her cans are great. Out? Look at her cans; they're not even real. I don't even know if that's that non-woke. I don't, I don't know. I feel like uh, <laughs> we don't want to say what the non-woke message is. I'm sure it's something. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to delve as, as deep as I need to. It's probably a horrible thing to say. So your your kid your kid's looking through this, you know. Oh, uh, daddy, thanks for getting this calendar. I like all the pretty girls. 
and it says some god awful phrase in it, fucking <laughs> offensive and and discriminatory shit in there, like now, nothing horrible. I mean, what, what are you doing? I've, I've we've always talked about this as being like a short term grift, and this has gone on longer than we both thought. Clearly, at this point, oh yeah, podcast too. I mean, you could say that about my show. I thought it was a short term term grift, but just keeps going. Yeah, but on the back of the book, um, it's. It's got a website address, conservativedad.com. Do you think that is a real website? Because I can tell you, it's just a redirect. Don't even bother typing it because it just takes you back to ultra-right-wing beer, which says to me Shit. that this grift is going to end sometime in 2024. That's my call right that now. You think he's... He's moving on to the concert. You think he's just going to go right into conservative dad only grift. He's going to have calendar. He's going to have other non-woke shit. And he's, he's out on the beer game. He's dive bombing out of that shit. Well, why else would you put that on the back of your calendar when you don't have another website? What's, what's the advantage? It is interesting that he didn't put, he didn't put the ultra right beer website on there. Yes. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's telling. All right. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, and I, I don't want to be um, – I'm not here to be – play um, judging women or anything, but we don't need a bunch of pictures of this Riley Gaines lady in, a, like our, in our calendar. I just don't I'm – not, I'm not buying that calendar. That's not, that's not titillating to me. I am not interested in – first of all, I'm not interested in waking up, going to see what day it is, and being like, damn, hell yeah. Uh, first, that's a weird interaction already. But um, uh, if, if I'm going to do that, I don't need I don't need Dana Loesch staring back at me in a swimsuit. I'm, I'm out on that. <laughs> now, what's the idea about the like horned up calendar? I always thought it was like for a mechanic shop, like to be sort of yeah, that's right to be hidden away. It's but- for. And I only know this type of person because of a recent episode of another podcast I listened to called Guys. But this is for this. This goes in like a rockabilly car mechanics garage, right? Yes. This is like a fucking dude with the um, like a grease grease guy or whatever, like a guy from the movie Grease has the calendar of hot babes, right on his on his uh, uh, on his wall or or stuck on a magnet to his uh, tool sh- um, cabinet or whatever. And he's like, hey, oh, yeah, look at this one right here. I'd love to pop that cherry. Oh, yeah. You know, saying <laughs> fucked up shit like that. Um, I, that's, who, that's the only person I can imagine this is for, right? Yep. Um, I, I just cannot fathom. Maybe at like a male, oh. like a grown-up barber shop, like a like an old school pole, like the um, blue and red pole barber shop, maybe? Uh, you, you've got to click on order now. Click on order now. Go back to conservativedads.com or ultra right beer. Back to, go back to ultra right beer. Order now. Uh, Remember, I can twenty dollars a six cart. pack. Twenty dollars a six. It's down to. It's down to. Oh, they're already slashing the price. They're down to. <laughs> oh no! They've cut the. They've cut it by half. It's down to nine ninety five, dude. And they're also making it in Florida now. That's a that's a change, right? Weren't they making it in Georgia last they time were. we checked? Yep. 
was nineteen ninety nine, now $9.95. So that's the price until he gets rid of his stock. And I don't think he's selling the Trump cans anymore. It almost feels like the mistake he... Oh, yeah, he doesn't have the Trump cans anymore. It almost feels like the mistake he made was... um, you should just sell the cans empty. Stop making about. Don't even bother. People just want the little can to like collect. Just sell the can, and yep. send me an empty can. You know, whatever. That's that's what people want now. Um, now ten bucks. I'm. St- I just can't do it. I can't. I I've, I give enough money to horrible people. Yep. Uh, I can't give another ten dollars to this guy to drink this presumably heinous golden lager or whatever this is. Um, still hasn't sped up distribution. It still takes 30 days after ordering to get it out. And, you know, they brew this in one huge batch at these contract breweries, right? So you might be drinking a, like, six-month-old lager by the time you get it. Yeah, this is – well, I was going to say the original batch, but obviously it's not if he's now in Lakeland, Florida. Um, batch three, batch two, batch three, yeah. I think we're at. If you get to a hundred bucks, you get free shipping. So throw in, you know, get three calendars and and two and three six packs, and you know, you and all your pals can sit around. Um, uh, I can, you know, tug on your shit and uh, look at calendar pics of Dana Loesch and drink this cheap beer. How's that sound? But it's not really cheap. Sounds beer. like a night to me. Or, yeah, sorry, expensive shitty beer. How about yeah, that? Because what's a, a six pack of Natty Light go for these days? I don't know, $3.99. Yeah. Maybe it's not, it's more than that now, probably. $5.29, sorry. Oh, no, that's a six pack of 16 ounce cans. Oh. Uh, you can, so yeah, you can get, you can get a six pack of 16 ounce cans for $5.29. So it's pretty good. Maybe I'll get some Natty Light. Now, that sounds good. I'll get some Natty Light, and uh, I'll get the, um, I'll I'll get the uh, 1987 issue of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Calendar, and I'll live it up. That sounds awesome. All right, Tony, it's time to play a game before we uh, head out of here. Um, This one has nothing to do with anything other than I thought of it today, but uh, we're going to play this or that. It's, it's getting cooler outside, Tony. Not really here. It's actually getting warmer. It's and getting not really there here. either. It's also <laughs> getting warmer there. So, But other places of the country, it is getting cold, um, uh, especially in Chicago where I'll be in a little bit. Uh, but I thought we would play a game of uh, this or that. And these things, Tony, much in the style of our previous this or that, this is a throwback. Uh, these are beers or ski runs. These Ooh. are some of your scariest ski runs Double in the black world. Diamond. Or they are a beer. So, Tony, hit that sound. Plink, plunk, plink, 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 First one I got for you, Tony, is called Dead Man's Revenge. Dead Man's Revenge. Dead Man's Revenge. Could it be all three? Could it be a Black Diamond ski run or a double Black Diamond ski run? Could it be a beer? And could it be a roller coaster? 
Absolutely. But which one is it? Yeah, it could be all three, theoretically, yeah. I'm going to say you're starting me off on the slopes, you're strapping me on to a ski board, ski board, <laughs> snowboard, and you're just giving me a shove and just seeing what will happen. And I can tell you the result won't be good. There will be a lot of broken bones. Uh, and they might People not be right. Well, Tony, the problem, the, the problem is your is uh, not wouldn't be with this uh, the the walking part. I mean, you just get to stand still. I think it'd probably be the stopping part. Would maybe. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you give me a shove, yeah. and even if I fall, I'm going to tumble, and I'm going to take out a lot of people as I tumble. I mean, honestly, I'm I'm going to have a lot of problems too. I've I can't ski. I've never skied. Um, Really skied. Uh, I've never done it. I won't do it. Uh, it's just not happening. Not not for me. But I would love to go to the lodge. I think that sounds awesome. You get in there, drink a few cocktails, warm Some up a little bit. Wine. That sounds nice. A little opera ski sounds good. But unfortunately, Tony, this is a beer. This is by Last Rights Brewing Company. Sort of makes sense, huh? Like the blackened face of an 18th century chimney sweep. I would not start my description that's it with something that almost says blackface. It's just my personal advice. I know they're not referring to that, but still, this is just not what I... I just would come up with another one, you know? Uh, our Dead Man's Revenge Black IPA exhibits a deep hop-driven character that only bucket loads of classic American hops can impart. Uh, so this is a black IPA. It has a rating of 3.81... Uh, and it's six and a half percent. It's from Last Rights Brewing Company, and it sounds of, perfectly acceptable. And it was based on the movie from 1994, the TV movie of a bitter and vengeful fugitive, Luck Hatcher. Um, and, <laughs> so, yeah. And Tony, wouldn't you know it? This brewery is based in uh, one of the places where you said there are some lovely breweries, Cambridge, Tasmania. There you so, go. Um, there you go. That was a lucky break, huh? But not for you, because you got that wrong. Next one I got for you, Tony. This one is called Kill the Banker. See, I want to say beer. That's, Kill the Banker. That's like um, Deeds had one uh, physical fiscal irresponsibility, which I, it just screams to me beer. But I've got to go against my beer instinct here. Or do I? Kill the Banker. No, this this is a snow run. I, I you can see where I was headed with the beer thing, throwing so much hops in it. People don't love it, but there are a lot of bankers that love their ski runs. They wouldn't get the irony of somebody calling it a a run like this. But this is a this is a this is a ski run. Kill a banker. Uh, you're right, Tony. This is a ski run. Kill the banker at Revelstoke. Uh, is one of the most unique expert-only areas in North America. Cliff bands, big pillow lines, and mighty steep tree skiing combine to make a seriously fun wild ride. Both sides are lined with steep, massive glades that may leave you wondering if you left the resort. Uh, so uh, there's ice cliffs. This sounds like quite the uh, quite the experience uh, on this. So this is Revelstoke is in. Um, Tony, it is in uh, British Columbia. Uh, so, and it looks stunning. The, the one thing about these ski places is they look amazing. I 
don't want to ski, but I do like looking at the mountains. I think that'd be very cool. So you get that one right. Uh, that one we're going to highlight in green for you. Nice job. Next one I got for you is called Body Bag. It's called Body Bag, Tony. This can't be a ski run. I would want it to be, but I think um, Body Bag, it's just too on the nose. It's a bit too literal for a ski run. I can see this being a, a boozy, boozy beer. Not necessarily hitting any barrel, but I say beer. Honey, I thought the same thing as you, but you're wrong. It is a ski run. Oh, you can't believe it. <laughs> it reminds me of a Simpson, the Simpsons episode where they go skiing. Yes. And Homer's like, do you want to go down the, the, the widow maker or the fucking murder Metal horn, horn or whatever the fuck, yeah. you know? And um, this is dubbed the steepest ski run in America. It's 275-foot drop. is enough to jolt the life out of anyone. Set on the snow-capped peaks of Crested Butte, uh, Body Bag lures extreme skiers from all over the world to come experience the fame-dropped and 45-degree pitched slopes. Uh, aye, aye, aye. That sounds fucking horrifying, I'll be honest with you. So... Um, I don't know who's, I mean, I get this. There's the people doing free climbing of mountains and stuff. I love, Tony, you know it. I, I love being out there and seeing nature. But give me a nice little trail. Give me a nice little, like, maybe a little incline is fine. You know, yep, I'll do that five-mile beach walk. Some steps in I the blue not, mountain. I can't. Right. I can't be, I can't be doing this. This is, this is just, this is just, I'm, I get, I, I can't, I can't do it. And, I, and you know what? Our, maybe our buddy PMAC. Just a 50-mile trail run can speak to that idea of, I mean, I know that won't kill you, but that is a bit more extreme of a experience than anything I've ever done. Maybe he can speak to some of that, but some of this just seems too risky for old Griff. So, um, Although the funniest thing with, with uh, I do think about, we were talking to Brian yesterday, so I'm just thinking about that is even getting him on a hiking trail. <laughs> we did it in Sedona a couple of years, fucking ordeal is... It is so good. Um, all right, so well, Tony, you, you got would, that one wrong. Would do better in the outdoors. You know me. We've done a, a short little trail. Me or Brian, who's doing better, the cripple or the the office boy? You're more tolerable in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's probably more – I mean, he's, he's in – he's in okay shape. You're both in probably about the same shape, but he. Um, but he's not in our case. Maybe you. <laughs> I mean, he's probably about. I mean, I guess he's not. He's. I mean, he's he's doing okay. Yeah. He's um he's not riding a Peloton bike every day or anything like like me. But he's um I'm also not fucking fit. I'm drinking beers and crap. So, um, but I think I have good wind. So I think he'd be. Yep. Uh, I think maybe. I think I'd take you. I think yep. you would end up being the less, uh, the more tolerable <laughs> person. Um, I think, to be honest, me and Brian do feed into each other a little bit, so I think we'd just be whining the whole time more than anything. Uh, yep. Maybe it'd be better to have someone like you there that can be like, hey, you know what, actually, this is nice. You'd be like, oh, yeah, this is nice. Okay. Um, all right, moving on. Next one I got for you, Tony, is called Goat Destroyer. <laughs> Is this in reference to a bock? It's got to be like an ice bock. Oh, 
Oh, you son of a bitch. Or is it a mountain goat destroyer? Oh, see, I'm not as good at this as I am at... Um, well, your roller coasters, you just knew them, which was an easy one. Oh, yeah, there. yeah, but I'm talking about the games. I'm not as good at this as I am um, untrapped. Oh, boy, this is a tough one. This is a fucking doozy. This, I applaud you for choosing this, even if you didn't come up with this. Um well, you did come up with this one way or another, but for choosing it. I mean, I didn't come up with the names necessarily, I but I did find them. So, yeah. I know. It's a great choice. Uh, I think this is a beer. I think it's, a, it's an ice box. Honey, you're very close. You got that right. It is a beer. It is a Bach. It is a Maybach. Oh, uh, it is a Maybach slash Ellis Bach. I guess that's what a Maybach is. Brewed with 100% German malts, hopped with noble hops, Tetanang, Hallertau, Middlefruer, and Saz. Brewed in early 2017 to commemorate the Cubs World Series win and the end of the Billy Goat curse. Ah, uh, this is from old, old Irving Brewing Company, oh, excellent, and I think becoming less underrated, but still underrated, excellent Chicago brewery for, thing, for beers just like this one which I'm sure are very, very yummy. This sounds delicious. 3.82 on this one. Not too bad. 7% lager. All right, Tony, two for four. Next one I got for you is called Murder Point. Murder Point definitely Murder seems Point. like the Simpsons ski run bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it does. It does sound like that. Yeah. I just don't see how it relates to a beer. Um Maybe it gets you that drunk you're at the murder point, if that's a clinical thing. But no, I see it as a ski run. <laughs> or maybe it's like the Bart Simpson finger of death that he that he did when he was learning karate and he was um, actually got oh, bored. Yeah, this thing? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to say ski death. run. Touch of death. That's what I was thinking of, touch of death. Murder point is an IPA, Tony. You wouldn't believe it. It's by Fat Lizard Brewing Company, an unfortunate name, of course. But it is a Finnish craft brewery, <laughs> so maybe that's why. An independent Finnish craft brewery specializing in super fresh and drinkable beers. This is a 5.5% IPA. Uh, crisp like a Finnish summer night, this IPA bowls you over with its unexpected character. I don't need an IPA to have an unexpected character. I just give me, I, I know what IPA tastes like. That's cool. Uh, it's a ba perfectly balanced blend of six hops, guaranteed to make you a happy camper. Water taken from Murder Point at Lake Bodum by your favorite band and brewed by your favorite brewery. I don't know what that means. This, this beer only has a 3.42, though. Um, and I understand that it's in European and even more notably Finnish, you know, people ranking. <laughs> so... Uh, maybe it's not quite that bad, but it probably wouldn't be the first beer I would drink if I uh, find myself in Helsinki or something. So, Tony, this one's this one's a tough one. You're uh, two for five right now. I'm not going well. But don't now, worry, you've got. I think Murder Point could be a band because I can find them on Spotify. That does sound like a band. That sounds like one of those um, gorecore type bands yeah. or something, right? Something like that. Well, that yeah. was a playlist. I don't maybe know. Quite that. Who knows? Yeah. Um, okay. Five left for you. Next one I got for you is called Moose's Tooth. 
Moose's tooth. I could imagine somebody like trying to open a shopping mall and faking a body and then using it as a grand opening for a shopping mall and finding a moose's tooth. And that was just to wrap in another Simpsons reference, if you remember that one. Where Le- oh, sure, yeah. Is it Lisa that finds the... Uh, the um, the body with the wings that they then use to open up the mall. Oh yeah, yeah, they're on the uh, um, archaeological dig or whatever, yep. and they find the uh, skeleton with the wings on it or whatever, and it, it's to open the mall. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that is a good so, bit. Yeah. So I, I think it's a ski run. Long oh, you're right. This is a ski run. Uh, it is uh, Alaska. So you can go to the, uh, this is the Moose's Tooth. Uh, it's like a gorge. It's like a thing that hangs out over a gorge and there's a ski run next to it. Uh, I would love to go to Alaska. Uh, never been, but it does look amazing. So uh, very good. Tony, you're back on track. Next one I got for you is called, uh, this is called Delirium Dive. Delirium Dive. Delirium Dive. Oh, I can see the can art. Some LSD shit. Oh, it's good. But could I also see it as a ski run? Yes, but it's not as strong. I'm going to say this is like an overly hopped beer of some description. Um, I'm gonna, Yeah, I'm going to say it's a beer. Ooh, Tony, this is a ski run. This is in, uh, I believe this is in Banff, or in Alberta somewhere anyways. Uh, This is at the summit of Brewster Rock uh, and Lookout Mountain. Uh, And uh, it is a severe scent. 501 meters. Aye, aye, aye. Um, And it's one of the most celebrated ski descents in Canada through some huge terrain. Um, you, ever, you remember that uh, episode? Speaking of this, uh, more Simpsons, you remember that episode where they go they go skiing, and Otto has to teach them how to talk, how to speak snowboard. Yeah, man. He's like uh, Otto. Can I go to the bathroom? And he's and he's like, say it in snowboard. Uh, I got a blast man. of dookie. <laughs> yep. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, I read these ski things, and there's words in here that I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is. I don't know. What, I don't know what you're talking about. So there's a whole other term here but yeah this is in this is in alberta uh in in near near uh near calgary so there's that okay murder uh so you got that one wrong delirium dive you have three of seven you really need to get these last three tony to save some face or at least a couple of them next one i got for you is called steep ravine steep ravine a little too generic to be a snow run because they're all steep ravines when you think about it. That's where the snow forms. It doesn't form on a fucking ridge. So it's got to be mm-hmm. – that's just like calling like a a hiking trail the hiking trail. That that doesn't work. It's a beer. You're right, Tony. It's a beer. That was an easy one. Uh, this is from Ravinia Brewing Company in Chicago, magically packed with citrus piquancy. Uh Aromatic pine and plenty of adventure. So keep your bum on the saddle and enjoy this hop forward 
smooth drinking ride. This is a hoppy, a uh, little IPA from Ravinia. 3.64 on this. It's probably better than that. Um, but I think this is a one of those like Midwest style IPAs that don't always hit for people. Um, but I'm sure it tastes good. Uh, Ravinia is a pretty decent brewery. Next one I got for you, Tony. You got that one right. You got four now. Let's see if we can get you to 500. The next one we got is called Great Scott. Great Scott. Were there many um, many ski runs done after Back to the Future? Do you have? I feel like ski runs have been in existence for ages. Well, maybe. I mean, they've... it feels like skiing. I mean, based on the the teams that are good at skiing in the Olympics, right? You always got your now. It's your it's your countries that have mountains in them, right? Yep. So you got to believe that they've been able to do ski runs forever. Uh, for the last, I mean, hundreds of years, they're doing ski runs in Switzerland, Italy, um, you know, some uh, uh, Norway, right? So I'm thinking these have been around for way longer than Christopher Lloyd and uh, Michael J. Fox even. Yeah, you, you could be correct. So I'm going to say that this is a Scotch ale. To be, uh, Tony, I'm going to give it to you. Uh, it's both. Sadly, <laughs> I did not check this one because I once you said Back to the Future, I was like, damn, there almost definitely is a beer called this. Um, I didn't really even think about that. I was just like, oh, that's a funny name. That sounds like a beer. Um, not only is there one, I'm I'm guessing there's many of them. So I'm going to give you this one. It is also a ski hill. Um, there is. Uh, and funny enough, okay, only one of them is a Scotch ale that I can find. Oh, there's a couple. Okay. Um, but the most popular one, okay, is a Scotch ale. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> but the fourth most popular one is a hazy IPA from Big Grove Brewery, which is in Iowa City, Iowa. Um, so there are a number of different things named Great Scott. So... Uh, but it also is a ski run. It's at Snowbird Resort, uh, which is in Salt Lake City. You know that's cool. Yep. Uh, and it's uh, a, a nice little thrill within full view of tram riders. So when you fucking fall on your ass or fall to your death, a bunch of people on the tram can do the Nelson Muntz point and laugh at <laughs> you. Uh, so that's cool. Right. All right, so great, Scott. That one goes in the yes pile. You've made it across the midway point. You've got five. See if you can finish this thing off. This uh, last one is called Death Mountain. Death Mountain. See, for whatever reason, that maybe it's a Simpsons thing. sort of has a ring to it. But I can see the can art for this one. I really can. I'm going to say it's a triple IPA. I'm telling you, right, it's a beer. It's not a triple IPA, though. It is an English-style barley wine aged in Willet rye whiskey barrels for 11 months with vanilla beans. I mean, this is right in the old Griff wheelhouse right here. Oh, boy, it is. Uh, I'm thinking, yeah. Uh, I, I think Tony would like this one, too, frankly. Oh, yes. Um but we got a 12.5% barley wine. This is from Magnanimous Brewing in the Tampa area. 
uh, 4.25 on this from 200, about 200 check-ins. Uh, you know this is good, dude. You know this kicks ass this is good. Uh, yep. Some of that Tampa sugar water they got for you right there. Tony goes six for ten after a slow start. You really started to pick up. You got your you got your mind around this one uh, after a while. I think I sort of led with some of the trickiest ones, but uh, nice job. Uh, those are your ski hills. Uh, if we have any skiers in the in the crew, I'd love to hear from you. Tell me why I should try to go skiing. Um, I've heard cross country skiing is very pretty, but it it looks very hard. It does. So that, that's yep. the part that, like, just just it looks like it hurts. It doesn't look like it would get me injured. It might just from the strenuousness of it, but um, it it does look tiring. So, uh, uh, tell me if I should go skiing or not, or should I just sit in the bar and look at the mountain? It sounds good to me. <laughs> hey, Tony, why don't you tell people where they can find us? They can find us at uh, this ain't Iowa version two. <clears throat> at least you can for a day. Or two. Well, no, you'll find That's us true. there forever. But Griff's an occasional contributor to that show. How did you like my plug? Just speaking of plugs, that I managed to slip in at the end of the show. How good was that? Because it was a plug. That was amazing. Uh, for Kofi. For our, for our, uh, for our Kofi, yeah. yeah. That's very, very clever, Tony. Nice job. Which is ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast. Uh, you can send us an email, beer engine show at gmail.com. Before you check out our Instagram, check us out on Untap First. That man across from me is Griff AD. I'm St. Moz. And we're also on Instagram at beer engine pod. I like to change up the order every now and then. Nice job, Tony. Uh, and you can check us out on Discord, of course. Uh, just drop us a line at that email address. Uh, find us on Instagram. Hey, send me an untapped message. I don't actually know how to get to them, but I do see <laughs> the notification sometimes. So maybe, just maybe, I'll see that. You can send me a message there. Or just click on that dang submarine controller uh, link at the bottom of uh, the page on Discord, or on, on, the, on the World Wide Web in Netscape Navigator or your browser of choice. Internet Explorer Tony, version 4. Perfect. Tony, another classic episode. We will be back next week with some more of this and actually more, some maybe some more Australia talk, huh? How about Ooh. that? Oh, by the way, we left out the Lavington talk on, on this and Iowa. I know. Well, uh, don't worry. I, uh, we did leave out the Lamington. That's a, that was a mess. So I'll have to tell Brian about the, the quality of the Lamington on, on my own. All right, gang, we'll talk to you next week. Bye.